You are listening to a sermon series from Open Door Fellowship Church. So, our first Sunday together of 2018. And any Sunday could be a marker Sunday. Any moment could be a marker moment. Sitting around having pizza could be a marker going for a drive, a certain movie, a book. There's all kinds of opportunities for us to have these markers that we would throw down and, and journey back to and remind ourselves of an experience or a conversation or something that touched us. And our hope is that this morning is a marker of many as we go into a new year together, but that this would be a marker. And we we want to invite everyone this morning to do something that is actually really simple and has been being done all over for centuries and centuries in houses, in the wilderness, in large gatherings, small gatherings with bands of sisters and bands of brothers all over. We want our whole fellowship to call on the name of the Lord this morning. So we are, I am going to read some scripture and ask that you would listen. They'll be up on the screen and and I'll be reading them. So you might want to look at them, but you might want to just sit with them with your eyes closed. Something might grab you and you might need to write it down, a word or a phrase or or something else that comes to you. Um, So I'm going to read some scripture. We We just called on the name of the Lord in worship in song just now, and now we'll read some scripture, and then my friend Kathy Darms is going to share with us, and then uh, I'll invite us together to call on the name of the Lord. So Romans 12 is the first one. You ready? You guys ready to go? I mean, second hour, you guys have a reputation of being a little more... Okay, here we go. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. John chapter 7, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. So maybe this morning you come thirsty. Matthew 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen to that one. Amen. Second Peter chapter one. Last week when we were standing and reading scripture out loud to each other spontaneously, Pat Cotty read this one. I wrote it down and read it a few times this week, so I, I read it and give it to all of us. Grace and peace. 
be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. For by these He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Eugene Peterson says it's the best invitation we ever received right there in that verse. John 15, I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We, we have a, a father, the gardener, who, who the, the wording says cuts off. It's actually better translated, as some of you know, as lifts up. That he would care for us like that. That he would lift us up off the ground where fruit on a vine isn't going to bear fruit. He lifts it up and takes care gently. A few verses later in John 15, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Colossians chapter 1, He is before all things. And in Him all things hold together. And then a story that I, I wish that we could spend the whole morning discovering the beauty that's in it in Second Chronicles chapter 20. The people are at war. Surprise, surprise, another war. And I, I want to read it in all three of these versions to us. Listen to the call for us to call on the name of the Lord. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are on you. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army. Imagine warriors saying, I, I have no power to face this vast army that is attacking me. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. 
And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And then in Genesis 4, at the very beginning of our story, of this beautiful love story that God has written us into. Genesis 2, naked and unashamed, our beautiful, beautiful heritage. And then in Genesis 3, the ugly comes in. And now we're in chapter 4, more ugly. Murder comes in. And, and I wanted to leave this in just for the fun of it. Adam made love to his wife again. I mean, that's what it reads, so... I wanted to read it to you guys. She gave birth to a son, that happens, and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. And here it is. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord ancient, ancient, ancient days. This is where, these are our people, this is where it starts for us, is that we would call on the name of the Lord. So Jesus, this morning, what do you want to speak to us? Jesus, what do you want to speak to us this morning? This is my friend Kathy. And still nervous? Yeah. Okay. She would rather be doing this in her car out in the parking lot somewhere else. Anywhere. <laughs> so, okay. thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. So I want to start with my disclaimer, (laughs) my walk with Jesus, fixing my eyes on him. When I look at this verse, the first thing I see is I don't do this very well. It is my deep desire to know him better every day, to fix my eyes on him so that in my core, I am so like him that my walk reflects him. It seems like every year at this time when we make resolutions, this is what comes to my mind. And if that statement is true, that I do this every year, that means I'm not doing it very well. But there are some things that I know about myself. I talk to God the best in two ways. The first is when I am walking, especially when walking in his creation. When walking, I can pray for others and my family without distractions in my house. It's really kind of crazy. I don't have young kids hanging on me, needing my attention. I don't have a job that I have to go to. So it should be easy for me to sit down with him. But I just don't in my house. I need to get out and sit on a rock or walk and talk to him regularly. 
My mind can just wander along on its own as I look and see what he has created, the detailed, intricate way he designed it all. And I am reminded that he cares that way for me and for you as well. So as I walk, as he brings people to mind, I pray. And right now, there are a lot of those. Mm -hmm. The other way for me to talk to him is to journal. And I know this isn't for everyone, but for me, it is what I do. I can read a portion of scripture, and it usually raises questions for me. What does that really mean? What would my life look like if I really believed that to be true? Why don't I see that happening in my walk? What do you want me to do or change, Lord? So I read, write down my thoughts, and write out my questions for him. And then I stop, and I listen, and I write what I hear from him. Sometimes it's not too much. But sometimes I look at what I am writing and realize it is his word to me. It is often surprising what he answers me. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 have long been good verses for me to read because they tell me how to walk with him. First, fix my eyes on him. Get to know him better and better each time I come to him. It also says with endurance, to me, that means I come often, and I come with a listening heart. It is not an instant transformation. It is a long race. And that encourages me when I chastise myself for not really making it. It is a long process. This last year, I have needed this reminder of how he is in charge. And when I fix my eyes on him, I can walk in peace. Karen was very sick for almost the whole year, and no one could tell her why. She was nauseous all the time, losing weight. Her hemoglobin was dropping, and she would have to go into the hospital for uh, transfusions. And I couldn't fix it. So the next best thing, if you can't fix it, is to worry, right? <laughs> yes. This is what, where my journal came in handy for me. I could write my worry in my journal and talk to God about it. I wanted to read you a couple of entries that I made. This first one was in February when near the beginning of the journey. God, I need you to be working in me so I can see exactly what you are calling me to do. How do I encourage Karen <clears throat> to push herself without going too far in that? To encourage rather than push and nag. How, Lord, so much wisdom I need. What doctor does she need to see? What do I do rather than laying awake at night worrying? I am so scared. Mm -hmm. Then in October, I um, was writing some more, and it really hasn't gotten better yet. <laughs> so I said, I think it means spending time alone with you, reading, meditating, journaling, praying, what others don't see or ever know about. I keep reminding me 
of your love, mercy, compassion, that I will so overflow with gratitude to you. Take the fear and worry. Let trust and faith replace it. I know you have Karen's days laid out, the number of them and the way they will be lived out. Show me how to trust you with that. So trusting my baby into his care is the only way to keep going forward. And I think that as I fix my eyes on him, I'm so thankful that he gives peace. I know he is with me always, all day. As I get in my car, I say, God, keep me focused as I'm driving. As my grandkids come to mind, I say, God, draw him or her close to you today. But it's also important for me to spend longer periods of time listening to him and for him. So this is what I do, though imperfectly, to fix my eyes on Jesus. Kathy, thank you. I was listening and the thought came to me that so often we want, we want to arrive somewhere. And here's Kathy, who's older than me and uh, a veteran in walking with Jesus and is still working this out. Not finished. Still humbly, open-handedly saying, God, how does this look? What does it look like? So thank you. The famous prayer, the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6 starts with our Father. That, that very first mention of people calling on the name of the Lord from Genesis 4, the name of the Lord. So, so there's Father. We want to call on the Father. We want to call on the name of Jesus. We want to call on the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and direct us. Yahweh. Jehovah. Abba. There's power in the name of the Lord. Everything for us flows out of this mystical, deep, abiding connection with Jesus. It's what John has been imploring us to live out of for two decades, that we would live out of Christ in us. It's why we can call on the name of the Lord. And sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget, and it's a posture of humility to get our footing solid again and call on his name. We like to think that we can figure it out. We like to think that we can solve it and bring the answer and bring the solution. And sometimes we can, and that's normal. We want to. We're humans, and we have Jesus flowing through us. And this morning, we're asking us 
to have the posture of our eyes are on you because we don't know what to do. Our, our, our fellowship is in some fragile places. If this is your first time here or you're relatively new, you, you might not resonate with that statement. But we are. We're in some fragile times. We're still, beauty is still happening all around us. You heard of a new group of women meeting this morning. There are dreams happening. There are people being released. We're hopeful. As elders, we believe in a thriving 2018 and beyond. And we're human. And so we've been navigating some tumultuous waters. Our health as a fellowship doesn't depend on these seats being filled or those bags overflowing with money or Brian getting so many volunteers he doesn't know what to do with. Our health doesn't depend on a senior pastor coming who will surely help us mature. Our health rests on our dependency on Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else. Our willingness to depend on Jesus will be the marker of our health as a church as we go forward. So it's here. It's our time. Open door. It's our time to remember that our legacy starts way, way back in the story with people calling on the name of the Lord. We have been calling on the name of the Lord, and we're asking that collectively we would, we would do that. Something beautiful happens when, when a collection of his people gather together to call on his name. Something beautiful happens. So what would happen if we all asked Jesus what he wanted us to pray? What fruit might come for us if we simply called on his name? and believed that he was going to speak to us. The invitation is for anyone who wants to. There's a couple microphones in the back for us to call on the name of the Lord. However you feel led however you are inclined to read or pray or sing or say something. But open door, this is us. This is our time to turn our eyes to Jesus together. God put something on my heart last service, and I didn't say anything, and I think if I don't this time, my, my stomach will jump out of my body. So um, bear with me. I don't know exactly know what to say and how to say it, but um, I've been at Open Door for uh, 13 years now, and, and I know a lot of people here have been here a lot longer than that, um, and God 
has given this church a true gift, like a, a message that is a real gift to the world. And um, I think one of the pitfalls of an amazing gift um, is to start to feel, allow that to define you and allow that to um, create pride. And I think some of us over the years have developed this attitude of, um, you can go to another church, but if you really, really want to know the truth, you need to come to Open Door. And that pride has um, been a real, something that, that God has wanted to root out of this church. And I think this, this period of time, one of the things that he's been doing, and it's been really hard, has been laying this church low to let us know that we are nothing without him. We, no matter what gifts he's given us, whether it's through theology or worship or whatever, there is nothing that we can offer the world on our own. There is nothing that is uniquely better about us than anybody else. We are all part of God's kingdom. And I have felt, and I just need to apologize to you and to the Lord of saying, I've been part of that. I've felt this pride, this arrogance that, that we, that, that somehow open door is, is God's gift to humanity and, and that the, the church can't survive without us. And, and the reality is, is the church can't survive without God. And God is grace, and God is truth. And he says in Second Peter, or 1 Peter 5 that he opposes the, the proud but gives grace to the humble. And he's given us the huge gift to have an amazing understanding of what that means. And through this time of hardship where we haven't had a, a senior pastor and we've been struggling to know where to go and vision-wise. And, and um, I think one thing that God really wants our body to come away from this time with is that without him, no matter what he's given us, no matter what our history is, no matter what, how much he's done through us, without him, we're just a church. We're just a group of people. But with him... God can turn. God can change the world, and um, it makes me think a lot of the Church of Ephesus when God gave Ephesus some of the most amazing theology in history. And he gave some of the two best theologians and Paul and Timothy to teach for them, and yet in Revelation he still says, "You know, you've." There's still things that about the church that, that make me sad, and that's that you, you aren't loving like you once did. And open door, this, this is God wants so much for this church to, to flourish. And God wants so much for this church to, to, to take what he's given us and multiply it a hundredfold. 
Um, but he also wants us to remember who he is and who we are. And he's made us to be amazing people. But, but that is his, that is because of him, not because of us. So God, forgive me for my pride and, and forgive, help us, Lord, to not, not see this church as the answer, but to see you as the answer, Lord. To not see the gift that you've given us as, as something that makes us better, but, Lord, as something that makes us servants, Lord. We need you, Jesus. Dear God, dear mighty Heavenly Father, we call upon you, which tells us that you are there, and you not only can hear, you will hear. You not only can answer, you will answer. Father, the very act of calling on you reminds us of our dependence upon you of the fact that apart from you, we can do nothing. So, Father, as we call upon you, we ask that you will remind us of all of this and that you will remind us that you are the great and awesome God who keeps covenant, the God to whom we can turn, who will hear us, who will answer us, not always in the way that we want or expected, but you do answer. And you always answer in the context of your sovereignty and in the context of your love for us, which is infinite and which always, always has our best interests at heart. So we ask today that you will remind us of these truths, that you will remind us of who you are and who we are, and that we are who we are by your grace, by your love, by your working in our lives. So we humble ourselves today, Father, and we call upon you, knowing that you give grace to the humble and that we can trust you in that whole process. Bless us, Father. Strengthen us. Give us more and more faith to trust you more and more. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, Stuart alluded to this. Um, every single thing that God does or has ever done is because he loves us. <clears throat> For over 40 years, God has been working on reprogramming my mind um, to understand him better and to understand me better. And in the last couple of years, at the insistence of my friend Tom Allen, I began to read the scripture to discover how much God loves me. Oh, sweet. sweet. And the more I read with the intent to learn that, mm -hmm. 
the more I understand God's love yeah. for me and for all of his creation. But another thing that's of more significant interest than that <clears throat> is that the more I've come to understand how much God loves me, the more I've chosen to trust him. And the more I trust what God tells me about him and about me, the more I voluntarily choose to obey him. And so there's this process, and I don't know that God intended it to be a process, but that's how it works in my mind. Um, the more I learn about God's love, the more I trust. The more I trust, the more I obey, and the more I obey, and the more I find myself doing the things that he has already prepared beforehand for me to walk in. Beauty. And I think there's a, a key in that for all of us to focus on God's love for us and let the rest of it take care of itself. Hmm. Um, so, when Jason presents this idea of let's call in the name of Jesus, so often I find myself, I don't even know what to say. Like, mm. I have no idea what to say. Mm. And there's this truth that was brought to me by a man named Rob Bell. And I know there's controversy of whatever with him, but this, this is truth, absolute truth that he gave. Of, and it's this thought of breath. And as you inhale, you say, yeah. And as you exhale, way. And just say his name mm -hmm. over and over with every breath that we take. So I don't know if there's anyone else that's with me on this, this thought of, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't, I don't know how to call on your name, Jesus. But just with every single breath that we take, yeah. Romans 8, first of all, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because the law of spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and infirmities when we blow it. For we do not know what to pray for, as we should, or listen to the Spirit. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches her hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Father God, we thank you for each one who's here today. And Jesus, Holy Spirit, may your presence be so powerful. Forgive us and thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love, your power, and just the great and mighty things you've promised to do. Mm. So we hope. And we just pray an incredible blessing on each one who's here today in your name. doesn't have to be any more complicated than Matt said, Yahweh. Yahweh.
Yahweh in your calling out the name of the Lord. Yahweh. The Lord will speak. We, we aren't asking you to call in the name of the Lord for an hour and a half on Sunday morning and, and then there's a period at the end of the sentence. We're asking if we collectively would continue to turn our eyes towards Jesus. It's what we're going to do next Sunday and the Sunday after, and we'll see how the Spirit leads. But we also want to ask all of us to do something this week together that would continue to unite us, just like us coming together here and calling on his name in worship and song, uh, and, and in scripture and in hearing from each other. I want to share this quote with you. It's, uh, I'm going to read it in the original old English that C.S. Lewis first wrote it. To love you as I should, I must worship God as creator. When I have learnt to love God better than my earthly dearest, I shall love my earthly dearest better than I do now. Insofar as I learn to love my earthly dearest at the expense of God and instead of God, I shall be moving towards the state in which I shall not love my earthly dearest at all. When first things are put first, second things are not suppressed, but increased. Whatever you and I will hear from the Lord gets confirmed in the company of our brothers and sisters. And so we're asking two things. The first is would all of us consider memorizing Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 this week? It's, it's the passage that Kathy shared out of. It's the core of fixing our eyes, turning our eyes to Jesus. So so would we all consider memorizing that? And second, would we all ask Jesus, what is it that you have to speak to us? Every day this week, would you do that? And if it's a journal like Kathy does, or if it's your phone, or if it's a scrap piece of paper or a napkin, would you somehow write down what you're hearing from the Lord? Because then next week we want to hear. We want to encourage each other. We want to affirm together what we are hearing as we call on the name of the Lord. So there's the clear ask for all of us to memorize Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 together. And for us all to say, Lord, Jesus, what do you have for me that you want to speak every day this week? And somehow write it down, believing that he is going to speak to you as you ask.